A young woman from Dakar works for a French family and, after being cut off from her own family and her familiar surroundings, experiences despair and loneliness, resulting in tragedy. My name is Valerie Higgs, and this is my Cinematic Bucket List. This was a movie that really made me think. I unfortunately watched it right before going to bed. I don't advise that. Well, well, actually, I kind of advise it because it gave me a lot to think of. And uh, it was a short movie. It was 55 minutes long. Apparently, it was a restored movie. So the version that I saw was all black and white. I saw some reports later that there were some color sections in previous versions. The director, Osmane Simbene, made a very, it was a brief movie, as I mentioned, uh, and it was in French. So I had to put down my cell phone, which is something that I'm looking forward to for this challenge of watching these movies because I have become terrible holding the phone up and, you know, kind of scrolling social media, posting things. Sometimes I post things about the movie, but most times it's, it's not. So it was great to have to have my full attention on this movie. It was a very thought-provoking movie. Uh, it was, oh, and it's also called The Black Girl, or Black Girl, not The Black Girl. That's how it is listed in the British Film Institute's Greatest Films. I went by the original title, which is La Noir De, and I say that in my blog, and I say that here because there was a movie in 1972 called Black Girl, and I don't want to confuse the two. This is a 1966 movie. It's the first movie from this director, the actress that plays Diana, the main character. It's the first movie she was ever in. She was in several other movies of his. I'm kind of interested in seeing what else he produces and to see how she acts in later movies her acting style was very natural. I'm not sure if I liked it or didn't like it, but one of the one of the things that I did like about her naturalness is that it didn't detract from the story. So I wasn't, you know, thinking about, oh my goodness, you know. It was just this very simple, um, not mindless simple, but just a very to-the-point story. We are not wasting any time with the plot, what is happening. It starts off in the middle of her journey, and she gets off an airplane. Her employer is coming to has come to pick her up, and the relationship is established immediately. She has a voiceover where she's a little confused, and she doesn't understand her role with this family, and when the employer picks her up, you know, he's very, you know, how was the flight, blah, blah, blah. But then he doesn't open the car door for her. Now, it's 1966, so that can mean several things. These days, guys not opening car doors, you know, that's not unusual. But in 1966, she was standing at the door waiting for him to open the door, and he didn't. He just got into the driver's side, and then she realized she needs to open the door and get in herself. 
Once the relationship is established for the viewer, she gets into the house. There is an African mask up on the wall. She is talking to uh, her employer's wife, who really is running the show. She's barking out orders, and she kind of seems very impatient with Deanna. Um, Make this for dinner, and I need you to do this, and we have people coming over, and I need you to clean the bathroom. And... Deanna's voiceover keeps talking about how, why is she the maid and the cook? I'm not a maid, I'm not a cook. I'm the nanny for the children, and where are the children? So you get an idea of, oh, she was misled into this job. But then there's a flashback. The flashback of how she got the job. And apparently she worked for this family for a amount of time that isn't clear to me. It may have been during the movie uh, one of the things that I struggled with. Even though I was not looking at my phone, I was still taking notes. So I definitely had to pay attention and I may have been distracted uh, here and there. So I did not have an awareness of how long she was with the family before... They went from Dakar to the French Riviera, which is where the apartment was. The apartment was very sparse. There was nothing nothing fancy about it. Once you have the flashback story, you realize that the mask, the African mask that was on the wall was a gift. It's a gift. And I may be confusing things here because I think she gave him Gave them the African mask when she got there. Yeah, I'm not quite clear. It's been a few days. (laughs) So uh, the mask is on the wall. There's no other decorations on these walls. And I have done a little research since. And the mask on the wall with no other adornments of any kind symbolizes Deanna's being cut off from her family and from society and from, you know, just in general, the public. She never leaves the apartment. She stays in the apartment day in and day out. I think this is over a course of three weeks. Whereas before, when she was home, she had her family, she had her friends, she had her neighbors. There was somebody that she was interested in uh, that she was involved with. Uh, here, it's cleaning, cooking, cleaning, cooking. Sleeping, she probably eats, she has to eat. But she always does her job in a nice outfit. You know, she looks like a 1950s housewife. Earrings, necklace, heels. She wore heels every single day that she had to work in this apartment. And that was confusing to me. But the it became more clear to me that she isn't supposed to be the maid. If she was supposed to be the maid, she would have probably dressed accordingly. We also find out that most of the outfits that she was wearing were gifts from her employer before they came to the French Riviera. Something happened. It's not clear to me what would have happened. The class issue was stronger once they went to the French Riviera than when she was in Dakar. And even her, the wife says something like, why are you, you're, we're not, you're not going to a party. Why are you dressed up? And I feel like Deanna dressed up so she retained her sense of self. That she's not the maid. She's doing maid jobs, you know, tasks, chores. 
but she isn't the maid. She's the nanny. Where are these children? You see her with the children when in the flashback. Uh, she would come to the house and go to the park with the children. So she established a relationship with them. And finally, when one comes back from whatever mysterious location they were, they were, you could tell that they already have a relationship. But by this time, Diana is over it. She's done. She doesn't want to cook. She doesn't want to clean. She doesn't even want to deal with the children. And a very tragic event happens. I don't want to spoil it. If you've never seen the movie, I don't, I don't want to ruin it for you. Just like it wasn't ruined for me, really. I did not look into it at all before watching the movie. I just watched it. And have these are all just coming out of my brain. <laughs> uh, although some of the things that I mentioned that I did a little research on. One of the other characters who was interesting to me was the husband. I mean, the wife... She was kind of a uh, typical shrill, you know, however they like to uh, portray women in the 50s and the 60s. You know, either they're the sweetest thing or they're, you know, a shrew pretty much. And the wife seemed like a shrew, not during the flashbacks, only in this apartment at, in the French Riviera. And the husband was very detached. He was very detached. He didn't seem... He was slightly connected to his wife, but he did, was not emotionally attached to anything. He didn't seem to have any say uh, on what Deanna does from day to day. He left it to his wife. His wife would complain. He would just kind of shrug, huh? Yeah. Read his newspaper, go about his business. So he was not emotionally connected to what... Deanna was going through. Once the climax of the movie happens, later on, it's like he's struck out of that emotionalist state. I mean, it was really, truly mindless. There's a moment where he's trying to give someone money and the person just walks away from him. Literally, he had done the same thing with Deanna earlier when she had just gone on a strike and was not doing any work and just kept sleeping, whereas the wife kept calling her lazy. It's just amazing. It's like, you are not doing anything except reading your little book. But she's the lazy one because she doesn't want to be your personal slave. That's, it's always intriguing to me. And so when she went on strike and she found out that her mother had written a letter that she couldn't read, and uh, she was upset because her mother was saying, you haven't sent any money. I realized at that point that they hadn't given her any money. Like, she never goes out. She never does anything. She never seems to have a break. And when the husband finally realized that she was upset, I think he thought she was upset that she wasn't getting paid. So he tries to give her money, which she just kind of gives back. He gives, gives back the money. I mean, she falls to the floor crying at his feet with the money all over. And she, when they leave, because they don't console her in any way or ask her what's wrong. I mean, she doesn't speak French, apparently. But they walk away and then she gives them the money and she goes back into her room. She's on strike. So when the child comes home, finally, this climactic scene happens which I will not spoil it was very surprising it just jolted me out of 
you know, the rhythm of the movie <laughs> in a good way, not a bad way. It was a very interesting plot development. But by the end of the movie, the husband was all emotion. I mean, it was fear. And maybe, I don't know if he realized what had what he had done. But he definitely wasn't the detached person that he was through most of the movie. So it was kind of interesting. So uh, I recommend the movie. It's only 55 minutes. So if you want to just take an hour out of your life and give it a watch, tell me what you think. I will probably see it again at some point. Uh, I've moved on to a couple of movies for future episodes, but I keep coming back to this one mentally, so it was it was very thought-provoking. Um, I would also like to see what else this director has done. So, you know, I think he did about five movies from what I recall seeing. So it'll be kind of interesting to see what else he has done. He has used the same actress before. So uh, interesting to see both of their growth. You know, the growth of the director, the growth of the actor. And uh, from, you know, the first movie that they made to the last movie that they made together. So that is La Noir de or Black Girl 1966. You can find it on the Criterion Collection. You can rent it. And I, let me know what you thought once you see it. And I'm Valerie Higgs, and this is my cinematic bucket list.